Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. Text, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. Okay, one thing I want to get out of the way real fast before we dive into this episode around your network equals your net worth, the university edition. Um, I'm going through this series right now of your network equals your net worth. Uh, on the last uh, previous episode, we talked about immediate friends and family, how to utilize that network in order to increase your net worth. Uh, and in this one, we are going, uh, part two, we are going over your college, your university, and how to utilize that. Now, if you've listened to one or two of my other previous episodes, uh, and maybe in certain fleeting comments, you you might have got a little bit of a tone for me of hearing, well, you know, Stephen, I thought you were against college. I thought you were against people going to university. That is that is totally not true. Um, I have a degree from the University of Florida. Um, I actually have a second one from another online university uh, in accounting because I realized I needed that in order to be an effective entrepreneur. And um, what what I am against is people just going to college without a plan because unfortunately. When you go to college without a plan and you get stuck in a major you think you want to do, but then you end up switching and the average person nowadays is graduating with a four-year degree in about five and a half years, um, many of them six years, that's not just two extra years of student loans, but that's also two years that you had missed opportunity costs where you could have been working. So in, in earning a significant salary. So it, those two extra years really set you back. And, you know, there's a lot of degrees nowadays that I think are completely worthless, but there's also a lot of degrees that are absolutely essential. Uh, anything in the STEMs, you know, medical, engineering, uh, technology, whatever, like a lot of that stuff you have to have, obviously, finance. Um, so, but that is not what this is about. But what I will say is this. For this episode, one of the arguments that I will continue to make over time, uh, and I think will become more and more relevant, is the argument that the most important thing about your degree when it comes to earning the ROI off of it, it is not the degree itself. It's not necessarily what you learned in the fact that you graduated. Okay. Obviously, that's a little bit different depending on the field. Um, you know, because it can be very specific, but I would argue that over the long term, the most important part of your your net worth is not going to be necessarily what you learned in school. It's going to be the network that was associated with your school, that was associated with your university. Okay. So here, let me let's dive into this. Let me get into it. I know the bookworms really love to argue with me on this because like, no, I learned so much in college and, you know, no, it was great. And my mind expansion and blah, 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 and all that. No, no, no. You're eventually going to lose this one. Okay. Listen, no one is paying $250,000 to go to Harvard for four years because the classes are that much better at a public university that only costs $40,000 a year. I'm sorry. You cannot tell me that attending any class, English 101, whatever, is that much better at Harvard than it is at the majority of other 
uh, public universities, okay? Not 4X. The ROI is not going to be there long-term if you took student loans. It's just not. Not if we're basing it just off of the base level of education that you did. Because guess what? Even if after the two years of doing like general study stuff and the other two years you got specific, you could have saved a ton of money those first two years if you went to a community college, learned the basic stuff, and then got into your focus studies the last two years. You just can't justify the $250,000 if it's just about the classroom experience and the teachers. The other reason I am confident saying that is because many schools such as Harvard, Yale, you know, with that $250,000 price tag, when the pandemic happened and they had no classes happening, they kept their prices the same. So people were getting uh, they weren't able to do labs. Um, they weren't getting the in-person experience. You know, some of the smaller classes um, they had to go online. The price didn't drop. What? Why? Why didn't it drop? The educational experience was not as good. Shouldn't they? If they were moving to that 100% digital model for the time being, shouldn't they have dropped it since the value of the in-person teaching wasn't there anymore? No. Why? Because Harvard knows. The most valuable thing is not what you learn at Harvard. It's being able to walk out and for the rest of your life, shake hands with people in circles and say, I went to Harvard. Because not only is the network of Harvard extremely prestigious and very well connected and very active, but also it's the brand, the brand of saying that I went to Harvard. That's a big deal. But the brand is a different thing for another time. Right now, I want to talk about about the network. So you know, having these massive networks in schools, school pride, loyalty, it means something. It it, it really does. Being a, a, a gator, you know, talking about tapping the network, sports, relating co- collegiate experiences. Hey, do you remember eating at that one restaurant when you were there? Oh, and tapping into the nostalgia when you're, uh, you know, trying to land a job and interviewing with people who went to similar, um, you know, uh, colleges as you like people hire people that they like. We're tribalists at the end of the day. We all are. And, you know, it, 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 that's what you have to do. You have to connect to your tribe. And if you do that, Guess what? An alumni going to some the same school as somebody, that is a tribe. So tapping into those connections that you have is something that's going to be very powerful. So I looked this up. The top 10, it was actually a list of the top 50, but the top 10 most active and loyal alumni uh, associations are all pretty much exclusive Ivy League or expensive private schools with a very rich history. These schools are not taking in 50 to 60,000 students a year. It's so much less than that. So it's a very private, it's a very exclusive, and it's a very well-established network. So it's not shocking to find out that Princeton, Stanford, and Harvard are rounding out the top three. And then in the top 10, you know, you get schools like Brown, Dartmouth, Duke, et cetera, you know, to kind of give you an idea of the 10 most active ones. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about, you know, my school coming in at number 44, by the way, on this top 50 list, the University of Florida. And, you know, what? What my university lacks in prestige, the the prestige of like a Yale or something like that, they make up for in quality education at a cheap price and in numbers, which, you know, is pretty damn uh, important, too. So 
The UF Alumni Association has over 440,000 members active right now. Now, keep in mind, you have to pay to be a part of the Alumni Association. I do. It's not a lot of money. I think it's, you know, 40, 60 bucks a year or something like that. And, you know, so the 440,000 members, that's just active people who are a part of the Alumni Association. That's not actual alumni. It's also not people who went there and then eventually, you know, uh, went to a different school or dropped out. A lot of those people will still consider themselves Gators. So it's actually a larger network than that. But of the active ones, 444,000. It's located in every single state in the United States, and it's located in 145 nations worldwide. That gets you just about anywhere on the planet that you're probably going to want to go. Okay. There are over 100 different Gator clubs across the entire nation. And as of 2019, because obviously there wasn't a lot of events happening in 2020 and still not in 2021, as of 2019, when it was active pre-COVID, they held over 1,500 events for the year. So those are really nice numbers, Stephen. Again, how does this help me increase my net worth? Glad you asked. We're going to get into that now. So how are you going to use this information? How, if you are going to a college right now, you're looking to get a job, if you just recently graduated, maybe you're 10 years removed from being an alumni at whatever college you are, and you're just like, man, I just want to try a new job, want to get into a new industry, and I just don't know where to start. This is how you can utilize your network from wherever you graduated. So for starters, if I was a recent alumni looking to change careers, or maybe I'm just looking to change cities, I'm just sick and tired of where I live, traffic's getting real bad, I want to try somewhere else. Then what I would do in this specific situation is I would get in touch with one of the 100 clubs in the locations I was interested in living. So if I'm looking to move to Texas or I'm looking to move to North Carolina, maybe, yeah, you know, go for something in the the middle of the state, like in Ohio, something like that. If I'm looking to end up in one of these places, then I'm going to go and I'm going to find, you know, some of the, the Gator 100 clubs, either in the city or somewhere close to it. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to seek out specific people in those certain industries, in those clubs related to whatever the ones I was interested in. And oh, by the way, that's just the 100 clubs example that I'm using right now. Let's forget about all the other clubs that are on LinkedIn in uh, in Facebook and all these other areas to where you could find them. But right now, I'm just talking about the registered 100 clubs so far, not talking about the online communities yet. Okay, so if no one in the club, let's say I, I find two to three different ones um, that I'm interested in, and no one in the club uh, that I meet is directly in the industry I want to get into or, or working at a place that I, I'd want, then what I would do is I would ask the group for recommendations or referrals to people that they know that I could speak with. So I am now not just using my network, but I am now using my network's network. And this is where things really start getting powerful due to basic math. Okay. On top of that, on top of going to those clubs, I would also go to former professors I knew, any other staff at my college, discuss any connections that they had, even even ones that I didn't know. I'd come back and say, hey, you used to take so-and-so's class. I see you're teaching it now. You know, I'm trying to break into this industry. Do you know anybody? Would you be willing to set up a meeting with that person for me? Shoot them an email, um, you know, just send them a quick test message and give them my number. Um, it would really be helpful. And, you know, it, it, you would be shocked 
the the people who are still connected to the university that are constantly looking for talent. It's it's unbelievable. So we're we're talking to the clubs, we're talking to professors and and staff at at the colleges. And remember the well known theory of the six degrees of se- separation. It states that pretty much everyone in the entire world is connected by no more than six degrees from you. Six different handshakes gets you to meet anyone in the world. Uh, it's a very interesting theory that if you know you take everybody you know, even in by the smallest degree, and they can connect you to another person, then you take that person, blah, 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 you can meet anybody on the planet. So in this situation, we're really only tapping in to connections that are uh, two degrees from us, our immediate network and our me- in our network's network, right? That's two degrees. That's not very far. It's not ridiculous to get in touch with somebody and say, hey, does anybody know somebody that's working at an XYZ company? And they go back and they say, hey, you know, I don't work at XYZ's company, but, you know, my old roommate works there and me and him are pretty close. I could get you in touch with them. Okay, that's great. Guess what? Especially when it comes to companies, a lot of companies, because it's so hard to find talent, it, they like to hire people. And, and this is a proven method of success, by the way. They like to hire people who have connections to people at the organization already. Because if they liked you enough to hire you, chances are you're probably hanging out with people that they may like too. Because we tend to hang out with people that we're like, right? Remember in the last. Uh, one to where I started talking about how you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most. Well, guess what? All they're doing is playing off of that. They're assuming that, hey, there was stuff that we liked about you. There's a good chance that we may like your friends as well. So yeah, bring them over and I will pay you $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 if we end up hiring them. That's a great incentive. Um, You know, one of the companies I work for, they hired 70% 70 of the people that they hired came from referrals. Businesses love to do it. So utilize it, right? Utilize the network. They are going to want to refer you if they feel like you're even a half decent fit. Okay. So that's the six degrees of separation. We're just trying to tap into. two. So think about this from a mathematic perspective. If all you do is connect with alumni club in one city of, a, let's say there's just a hundred people in there. Let's say that's it. Then let's multiply everyone they know fairly well. And let's just assume that's 10 people beyond their family and their coworkers, right? That's a thousand people in one location. That's a huge network that you can leverage. Then you throw on some college professors, different things like that, the people they're doing, add another 10. Maybe it's, I mean, you're talking upwards of 1,500 people that you can leverage. That's incredible. That's a lot of people that you can get in touch with. And like I said, all it takes is a meeting. Then once you get the meeting established, you pick a time and a place to either meet them in person, meet them over the phone, do a webcam, you know, web conference, you know, whatever it is. And you come prepared. You come ready with questions. You come ready to show that you are motivated. You're very interested in what they're doing. Ask them about themselves. Get them talking. Build rapport. Do all of these things. And I guarantee you nine times out of ten, that person is going to do the best that they can to help you. No matter what. There's one last point that I want to make about the network that is involved with your college or university. And that has to do with um, corporate sponsors and hiring fairs, okay? A lot of times these are exclusive to alumni and existing students, okay? 
this is how I got my first job that I ended up working at for a decade and having lots of success. And I never would have known about this company. Um, and if I, I, I would have had no idea what they did and never would have even considered them. I actually, even though I, I ran into this company at the, uh, the college fair, they were at, the only reason I kept interviewing with them is because there was another job that I wanted, but I had read somewhere that it's better to get two to three job offers so you can negotiate your salary. So I just kept interviewing with this company, even though I really didn't know what they did, just because I was trying to get the job offer and use it to negotiate a higher salary, you know, if they were to make me an offer. And the funny thing is, I ended up doing the exact opposite. I got the job offer with the company I thought I wanted to work for. Um, but then this company turned out to be really cool. And I was like, man, I actually think I want to do this. And I used the other company's job offer to negotiate with them. So using the relationships that your university has with other companies, um, you know, a lot of larger organizations and smaller organizations, sometimes small local ones, you know, they will have connections into certain industries with certain companies. Um, sometimes they're even sponsoring different things at the university. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's alumni there that maybe started the company or whatever the case is. It can be a very powerful network just to be able to attend the job fair and talk to the recruiters there because the recruiters know, hey, I have you know relationships with five different universities in the area and we want to hire about 80% of the people from these colleges. They may hire other people outside of that as well, but they're really looking for people from this you know, uh, particular alumni section for whatever reason, whatever partnership they have set up. So being able to go in and tap into that, I know at the University of Florida, you know, they have job fairs for, you know, students that are graduating and alumni that they can still go to. If I ever wanted to go back to that, I just got to flash that alumni card and walk in and boom, I have access to an entire floor of companies that are looking to hire people. So utilizing that like I said, it's how I got my first job that I ended up doing very well in, enjoyed thoroughly for over a decade, and uh, never would have even known to to check out this company had it not been for going to the career fair that they had. So that is it. That is how you can leverage the network of your college or university in order to increase your net worth over time. Doesn't matter what stage of your career you're in, whether you are graduating, you know, this upcoming semester and just looking for a job, or if you are 10, 20 years down the road looking to, um, you know, break into an industry or find a new job or try to get promoted, whatever the case is, a lot of different ways you can use that network, a lot of different ways you can tap into it. You just do the work, use technology, use local connections, use the university's connections, whatever it is, be purposeful and you will increase your net worth over time.